Hi, this be Captain Wiley Raven, the Judd's Hill Wine Pirate. I've got Judd busy splicing the main brace. And uh, Captain, by the way, uh, do you want yours uh, shaken or stirred? Just throw it in me tankard with the bilge water. Aye, aye, Captain. Here we be meeting a Napa chef and restaurateur of legend, Michael Getvan. He's got many a fine tale to share, and ye be enthralled to stay a listening in. Before we embark, let me invite ye to be Judd's guest at his cruise winery, Judd's Hill, here at the south end of the Silverado Trail in Napa Valley. Visit and information be found at Judshill.com. While ye be online, be sure to spy videos like Judd's Enormous Wine Show and Wine Booty, both starring yours truly. Also find some delectable recipes and put some wine in your treasure chest. As a perk for being a listener, type coupon code J-N-V-S in lowercase letters upon checkout and ye be getting 15% off your wine purchase. If you be wanting a better deal than that, then you be joining Judd's Hill Wine Club. Fine and respectable times be coming your way to be sure. And now, enjoy today's show. Uh, Captain, how are you enjoying that grog? Is it too tart? Is it too sweet? How, how is that? How's that working for you? It'd be like licking the back end of a sewer rat. Perfect. Just how I envisioned our experience to be today. Thank you there, lad. Get ready for another heapful of fascinating things to know from witty and intriguing people. On Judd's Napa Valley Show. No stale script and no rehearsing. Live from a Napa studio. You may be that intriguing person. On Judd's Napa Valley Show. On Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa. Judd's Napa Valley. Judd's Napa Valley Show. And now, live from the 1440 KVON studio in the beautiful Napa Valley. It's Judd's Napa Valley Show. I'm Lord Mole, and here's your host, Judd Fingelstein. Good morning, Lord Mole. How are you? Doing fine, Judd. Top of the day. Top of the day. What is wild and woolly in the world of Lord Mole? Well, on Wednesday, I got to go to the Napa Valley Cooking School for the first time. Yeah, yeah. How'd that go? It went great. The food was absolutely delicious. It was indeed. I, I made it there. You, you blazed the trail for me. I headed up there on Friday. We had the great opportunity to go up there and participate in the what they do. Do you want to explain it or do you want, do you want me to explain it? Uh, I think I, I mean, you were there first, but um, yeah, I'll let you do that. Okay, first. every year the uh, cooking school up at the uh, Up Valley College in St. Helena puts on their restaurant. It's sort of like the end of the year final exam type thing. You know, the the chefs who are studying there. This is their chance to actually put on a restaurant. You know, they turn the classroom, the kitchen, and one of the uh, or a couple of the classrooms into dining rooms, and the chefs are put through their paces to put together a menu, serve it, get it out there, make sure it's all organized and put together well and looks beautiful and tastes great, and sure was good, wasn't it? It was. Tell me about your experience. Well, I got to try some of the, the best uh, fish and the best mouthwatery pork I ever tasted. <laughs> that's great. They give you a little wine to go with that? Actually, no. You didn't drink any? I mean, they did have it. That was That's part of it, well, too. They paired well, it with well, a little Well, they wine. had water. Okay, but you weren't into wine, huh? Not as much. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to think. Well, I've seen you out socially, and you've come to some um, fun events, and I've seen you with a beer. I've seen you with a Mai Tai. But now that I think about it, I'm not sure I've ever seen you with a glass of wine. Wine's not your thing, huh? Should we admit that here in the heart of Napa Valley? Lauren Mole does not drink wine. It's the headline tomorrow in the Napa Valley Register. I guess you could say that. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad you had a good time up there. I, I was really impressed, and I just think it's, it's very cool and inspiring even to see these. I mean, a lot of them are pretty young. I was going to say kids. They're not kids, but you know, to me, a lot of people are kids these days. Really putting themselves through the paces and delivering a fantastic meal and experience. Right. And if anybody's interested, I don't have the website right in front of me, but you can look up the Napa Valley um, Cooking School. Uh, it, 
It's up at the Up Valley College campus in St. Helena. And every May, they do this. And it's great. It sells out, so you got to jump on it early. And it's not that expensive. I think it's... Yikes, what did I pay? I can't remember anything. I haven't had my wine today. My brain isn't working. It wasn't all that expensive, certainly for what you got. It was a multi-course meal with wine, and uh, it all goes into the program. And it's a great, great deal and a lot of fun. It is. And they do cooking classes for non-professionals, the community. So you look at their website as well. That's a lot of fun. I've done several of those. I did knife skills, learned how to cut things efficiently. And I, I took a fish course not too long ago. Tons of fun. Anyhow... Cooking's fun, isn't it? It is. I think we should talk about cooking and restaurants and chefing today, should we? Uh, sure. Okay, we'll get to that, though. You know, I mentioned Mai Tais, right. which makes me think of something we've got coming up. What's that? June 13th. That's only a few weeks from today. That's my mom's birthday. Is it really? It is. That, that's your mom's birthday? Yeah, man. Okay, well, if you're looking for something fun to do with mom, and anybody else wants to come out and celebrate Lauren's mom's birthday on June 13th, we will be, and by we, I mean my group that plays old-time Hawaiian music, the Mai Kai Gents, will be heading down to Trader Vic's in Emeryville, and we will be the featured band in the lounge at Trader Vic's. I'm really excited. There's no cover charge. You just come on down, have a Mai Tai at the place where Mai Tais were invented in 1944, get the original Mai Tai, and enjoy some old-time Hawaiian tunes from the Mai Kai Gents. That's uh, June 13th. Then, actually, we'll be back at Trader Vic's August 29th, where we will be doing our annual Judd's Hill Winemaker Luau. And that's always a lot of fun, too. This is our fourth or fifth time doing that. Lauren, you've come. It's always a good time. A couple years. That's the multi-course meal paired with our wines in the private dining room, which is always a good time. But they also open up their private bar along the water for folks attending. And for an hour before the wine dinner starts, they have $5 Mai Tais. So you get those going before the multi-course wine dinner, and towards the middle, I'd say, of the dinner, by the, about the time the third course comes out, people have had a couple Mai Tais. They've had a bit of wine. They're having a good time. It's Trader Vic's. It gets pretty raucous. Not rowdy, but raucous. People are singing along. They're getting up and doing the hula. <laughs> it's, it's worth coming. Get a room, is all I'm going to say. Book early in Emeryville and come see us August 29th. Something else I think I should mention, I, or maybe we should talk about this... No, I'm going to mention it, and then we'll talk about it in more detail. Go ahead, Judd. As the show progresses. But June 3rd, as long as we're putting in the plugs for fun events, June 3rd, that's a Wednesday night, right here in Napa, Judd's Hill is coming out to one of the hottest, hippest, most deliciousest, newest places in Napa, Atlas Social, for a wine maker dinner. I'm going to be there in person. Big deal. But uh, but five wines, five courses, a great price. Look on our website or atlassocialnapa.com or judshill.com and uh, click on events. I believe it's 65 bucks. I mean, they're giving it away. You can't touch that in Napa Valley. It's going to be tons of fun. There's no, I keep saying tons of fun because that's, I guess, what we're into, having tons of fun. But in Napa, you can't touch anything like this for that price. So, I'm really looking forward to having that sell out. We're just announcing it right now. If you would like to come, I don't know if anybody's there right now at Atlas Social. Do you think so? My guess is nodding that somebody may be there. So call 707-258-2583 and get your reservation for the Judd's Hill Wine Dinner at Atlas Social June 3rd. <sighs> okay. Great. Pause. Collect myself. Let's put on a show, shall we? Sure. Would you introduce our guest? I would love to, Judd. Thank you, Lauren Mole. You're welcome. For flavors of pizza and burgers in Napa, our guest is the best man. Success feeding Napans is this guy's set plan. Baking pizzas, it's all wood fire. Never using a gas jet pan. Is he a Giants, Dodgers, or Mets fan? Did he arrive today in a Corvette sedan? Let's find out as we meet restaurateur Michael Getvan. Hey. Hey, Michael. How are you? <laughs> Good morning, everybody. <laughs> Good morning, Michael Getvan. You're the man about Napa with, with, I guess it could be argued, I don't even know if there's an argument, the little empire going here in downtown Napa with your three restaurants. You've got Pizzeria, or excuse me, Azuro Pizzeria in Oteca, uh, Norman Rose, and of course, Atlas Social, which we just mentioned. But Lauren asked the questions, Giants, Dodgers, or Mets fan? 
Or none of the above. Giants, for Giants, sure. Okay. Hey, go. <laughs> so that doesn't rhyme with your name. No. Uh, Corvette sedan. I don't think they make a sedan anyway. But no Corvette. No Corvette sedan. Well, big do, big Dodge but... pickup truck. Okay, well, I do good. love old cars. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll have to take a look. Is it an old Dodge pickup truck? No, it's not. Oh, it's a new one. Sorry. Sorry, Lauren. <laughs> That's okay. It is great to have you here today. It's, Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to having you on. I'm a, I'm a fan of your restaurants. I think uh, just in the past 10 days, I've eaten at... All three of them, and at least one of them twice. Well, thank you. Because the food's good. Well, thank you. You do a good much. job. Thank you. Well, let's find out about you. I mean, you are, at this point, kind of Mr. Downtown Napa Restaurant Tour. Let's back up a little bit. Have you always been a foodie? What was, who, who were you growing up? Like, where did you grow up? Are you from Napa? I grew up in Minneapolis. Minnesota. Oh, okay. Uh, we were, I, I wouldn't want to say not foodies, but. We enjoyed cooking as a family, okay. and so it was kind of that thing, even though both my parents worked. Uh, but we always found time a few days a week to sit down and eat a meal, because we were all running, doing our things, as we all know how that goes. Yeah, for sure. What was, uh, what was a meal like in the Get uh, Van you know, house it, it in Minnesota? It was like a big pot of spaghetti sauce, <laughs> or uh, my mom, my well, we're from Polish heritage, mm-hmm. Hungarian-Polish, and so... Stuffed cabbage was always oh, yeah. one that I could always remember that my mom would make that my grandparents did. And it was one of those ones that, you know, that was the Sunday night dinner. It was like it, a paprikash style? No, or, it was no? like big braised, mm. you know, cabbage. Sweet bowl. and sour style? Yeah, and it had tomato and it had spicy Italian sausage in it yeah. and sweet Italian sausage. And it was one of those things that I, I only remember my dad eating ketchup. And that was the dish that he ate it with, of all things. Like, not on a hamburger, but on stuffed cabbage. No kidding. Yeah. Does that ever pop up in any of your current restaurants? And uh, stuff? That, that sounds great. Like, that. back to your there roots. Is, there is one dish at Norman Rose that we have pulled from the uh, from my youth, uh, and it's the sliders, the Frito yeah, yeah, sliders. Yeah. And that was something my dad did when we were growing up, and I always had this in the back of my mind where someday we can pull that one out and put it on a menu, and it, it actually is... Done pretty good. That seems like a very midwesterny it is type totally of thing. Midwest. You want to describe the dish? Well, it's you know ground beef, yeah. and we would smash the Fritos because I don't know why we ate a lot of Fritos, but it was just one of the that was like the chip of choice in yeah. our house. And he'd smash them with red onion and put it in, you know, make the patty with all of that in it, and then yeah. grill it, and then guacamole on top. <laughs> and so it talk was, about fusion cuisine. Yeah, it was just kind of. And this is a few years ago, so it wasn't like. You know, you were reading about it in Food and Wine or something. It was, no. you know, Gourmet Magazine, I believe, was the only one that was in print or at that time. Pretty sure. And what? Give us an era. What, what are we uh, talking about? Late seventies. Late seventies. Yeah. yeah Mid seventies. Right so, um, yeah, it was pretty interesting. You know, they were making their own Caesar salad. They would do fettuccine Alfredo. They would have all these, you know, parties in the neighborhood with their friends. And so, we were. I was always on the fringe of seeing them be really involved in the kitchen. So. It seems like you got it, yeah, definitely got it as a young and your folks were into this. They probably maybe subscribed to Gourmet Magazine. I would, they, I would imagine. Did I, they watch Julia Child? Because I think so, yeah. If they were the neighborhood entertainers and they were making their own yeah. Caesar salad, probably cracking the egg yeah. and mixing in the anchovy, uh, did they set things on the fire? The Galloping like, Gourmet was one oh, of the ones that was on TV sure. back in the day, you know? I don't remember his name, but I do remember seeing that. And what was your intro like? At what point, you said you were on the fringe, but at what point did you feel like, okay, this is maybe a path I want to take? Were you were you brought in the kitchen at some point and said, this I, is your job, you're cracking the eggs? Or I usually helped a little bit, but it wasn't until like after I graduated from high school, went to one year of college, got a job in a restaurant, you know, as a busser, server, kind of clicked where I kind of enjoyed that camaraderie of that, of that team mm-hmm. and... You know, ended up going to the Culinary Institute in New York uh, long ago when it was just, well, it was, it had been going for a while, but it wasn't quite as um, broad as it is now. Hmm. You can take it as far as you want. Back then, it was a kind of a short two-year program. You got some basic skills, and then you kind of were shoved out into the restaurant so, world. So there wasn't like a focus where you could focus on pastries or focus on Not really. sauces. No, you got a you had a few weeks of everything and mm-hmm. then you kind of went out and got a job and then you did that on your own. I see. You know, it was kind of that, "Oh, okay." And it was right at the time I was graduating right at the time when 
Jeremiah Tower, Bradley Ogden, oh, okay. Larry Forgione, all of these people were kind of reinventing sort of the new wave was American whatever that food, means. right? Yeah, you know, Alice Waters. Uh, I do remember graduating and coming to San Francisco, and we were going skiing in Salt Lake City, but we flew to San Francisco and drove, and we went huh? to Chez Panisse. <laughs> okay, it was one of those things, you know, like we would go to places that different cities to experience them well so that was the point is yeah you, you would fly to san francisco and, and then we take would, that long drive just right. so you could come eat to at san these francisco yeah Whoa, and so okay. we ate it at chez panisse and i remember sitting there it was only the cafe upstairs and i'm sure it was back in the day when you know jeremiah tower mark miller there was a slew of people that were sure. working there and having the calzone <laughs> that they were baking in the wood oven and it just you know just it was like one of those things was like wow this might be something that I'm really interested in. So this is while you were in school or after? It was right after. I I want to say it was in like my senior year of high school or right after. Oh, so high school. Before I, you went to the culinary yeah, institute. Okay. Before I went to the culinary. It was kind of that one of those little triggers that was like, oh, this might be something that you could be interested in. I was pretty into skiing and ski racing when I was in high school. Yeah. So we did a lot of trips uh, to go skiing. And so that was, you know, we kind of, you know, we, and then we went to... In Benicia, there was the Union Hotel. Oh, yeah. And, and Judy Rogers that. was the chef there at the time. And so that was part of the, on our way to Sacramento to go to Salt Lake City, we stopped at the Union Hotel to have... Oh, you hit them all. Yeah, it was pretty... I was pretty... You know, now that I look back on it, it was they were pretty uh, into, into the yeah, whole scene. Yeah, your family was yeah. heavy into this. That's great. Well, my question was going to be, I guess... I misread the timeline. I thought this is while you were in culinary. I was going to ask you what made it click for you. What made you want to pursue this as a, a career? It, was, it sounds like yeah, it was after I spent a year in college, and I was just you know it was more about hanging out, watching soap operas, than going to, to school. <laughs> that I ended up going and working in a restaurant for a few years, and kind of enjoyed what those guys were doing, the owners of the restaurants, mm -hmm. and so. I figured you well if you're going to own the restaurant you got to kind of know from you know all sectors of it so I needed to learn how to cook right uh, and I didn't really I was pretty pretty green I'd never worked in the kitchen of a restaurant when I went to the culinary I knew how to wait tables and open wine and yeah, do things like that there. so uh, when we had those classes everybody wanted to be my partner <laughs> because I knew how to do that I could carry a tray I could do service and so they were all much more skilled than than uh, I was in the kitchen. Wow, wow. So what? What? So where did you end up? You know, out of school. Out of school. What was your trajectory uh, to I, I really, emperor of downtown? I, Napa? I really wanted to come to California and be a part of the whole new American thing. Had you hung out in New York after, uh, or did you go back to Minneapolis? I ended up in. Well, I actually wanted to come to California. No one would really commit to okay. me. You know, like oh, you know, if you're if you're out here, come and drop off a resume. Oh, I didn't I have see. much experience. Um, but there was a guy in Williamsburg, Virginia, of all places, who was a Culinary Institute graduate and had a restaurant that was all about kind of the new American food movement. Mm. And it was pretty regimented and structured. And he had a culinary program that he ran inside the restaurant for local kids uh, with the Virginia Chefs Association and stuff like that. So I ended up going to work there for four years and kind of moved myself up the kitchen and be, ended up being a sous chef there. And we came to Yosemite for the chef's holidays. Yeah, yeah. Those I, I don't know if deal. they still do those or not, but back in, this was mid to late 80s, mm -hmm. we came out and he, he used it as R&D. So we, would, we came to San Francisco and would eat three dinners a night for the first two nights that we were here. And then we drove to Yosemite, did Wait, our you, little... You, you'd eat three dinners a night. We went to Campton Place. We would go to Hay Street Grill. Then we would go to Stars. It was All like, in one night. All in one night. And it was... He'd order six courses, and you know he'd just taste, take notes, and then we'd move on. I did a burrito tour like that in, <laughs> in uh, West Anaheim once. It, it's I crazy. That's a great burrito town, and it's hard to not eat it all, but right. some great burritos. So I get where you're coming. You yeah. want to try it all. Yeah, you wanted yeah. to try it all, wanted to see what's going on. And I was, you know, young, you know, young, you know, so it was more like, whoa, yeah. you know, here we are in California, and it's, the, you know, this, and, you know, chefs are wearing T-shirts and tennis shoes, and we were very, you know, 
structured, mm-hmm. you know, the hats and the neckerchiefs and chef's coats and all that. And so yeah. it was just like, wow, people, you know, there's different ways. And so I ended up packing up and moving out here and landed a job at Trevenia. Okay, so that's what brought you to Napa first, yeah. right off in the bat. 1988. Shortly after they opened. Yes. Like, about a year in. Right. And back when, you know, it was kind of the place to be. Sure. And ended up... Actually, my goal was to work for Bradley Ogden. For, I don't, for some reason, I had a big um, fascination with Americana. Mm. And so Italian really wasn't my first choice. And Michael was doing great stuff. But it was definitely Italian. Oh, yeah. You know, and I worked there for a year, you know, cooking, just kind of getting my feet on the ground. And I and that was when Brad was leaving Campton Place and moving to the Lark Creek Inn. Right. And so that process. And I was persistent and ended up getting... Uh, a job there in the opening team, so it Very was nice cool. to get a restaurant opening. So when, uh, when you say Americana, what was it that attracted you specifically? What does what does that mean? I mean, I hear that term, but as far as food goes, what what does that mean? Well, American it was food, like cornbread and barbecue uh, and and things that were you know Hangtown, you know stuff that was indigenous to San Francisco. Or Brad was from Kansas City, and mm-hmm. so it was just that stuff that we kind of grew up eating that. People were reinventing and, and now doing it in fine dining. It wasn't were you about a, to say Hangtown Fry? Yeah, I was about to say <laughs> Hangtown Fry. You know, That's which a dish is, with a great history. Yeah. And so we were doing that kind of stuff. So Google it, because I don't think we're going to explain it. No, but, we don't okay. need to. <laughs> but a classic kind of San Francisco or right. gold country. Right, uh, inspired thing. Yeah. And, okay. And so that was really what I was, you know, going for. But, you know, Michael was the one that would commit, he committed to me at Trevenia before I moved out here. So it was mm-hmm. nice to have a job. You know, I knew I was driving to St. Helena and I was going to be able to go to work and not right start job hunting when I got here. So, sure. and that was great. I mean, it was definitely on fire at the time. And, when and the got, whole Bay Area was at that time. This is now we're in the mid 80s. Late, 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 late 80s. 80s yeah. Oh, yeah. You said 88. Yeah, absolutely. That was a big time. Things were on the rise yeah. and, and happening. So when you got over to the Lark Creek group and you had Bradley Ogden, I mean, that was kind of like a ride in a meteor, right? Oh, it was amazing. You know, it was one of the, you know, I was, it was, we were reminiscing about it recently. And it was, I think we opened in August and our first day off was, you know, December 5th or something. Oh, wow. you know, it was like just nonstop lunch Shot and out dinner. Of the yeah. You know, people could, you, you know, they, we didn't have enough seats for as many people that wanted to go constant, you know, just all the way through. You know, we had this huge Thanksgiving meal, and, it, you know, you're just surprised on how many people go out for Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's not one of those ones that I usually think of going out to eat at, but it's surprising on how many people actually do. And so then I ended then they opened one market a few years after Lark Creek, mm-hmm. which was in San Francisco, and I moved down there to help them open that. Okay. Well, I think my first, I had Michael Deller in here close to a couple of years ago at this point. And I was reminiscing with him that I think my first sale, when I first got back into the family business, was to one market. <laughs> and it was the easiest sale I ever had. I, I, you know, it was all downhill from there. But actually, I think he called and wanted some wine and said to, uh, something about it. Like, he, he wants the wine, but he's not going to buy it unless I'm the one that, you know, calls on him. Which was, I mean, he was just being nice, trying to throw me a bone, I think, like, <laughs> Help me out, help get my chops in order. But uh, so I always have a fond a fondness for one market. That was my yeah. my first sale. That was an interesting. Yeah, that was an interesting restaurant. It was so big and so spread out, and it was very theatrical. And which I think they've now realized was not the way to go. Hmm. You know, they've kind of toned it down. And uh, but it was another another shot out of a cannon kind of a right, situation. Right. It was another one. You know, like at lunch. You know, at twelve fifteen, everybody. Business people would, you know, the dining room would be full, and they wanted to be out of there in an hour, and you know, so it was just huge amount of pressure to get everybody fed, and you know, with the consistency and the quality of that way that everybody wanted. That sounds nuts. It was nuts. Yeah, but, uh, it, it was all hands on deck for an hour. I mean, as many people as that we could get standing around the kitchen. So, what do you think you gained out of that experience? Sense of urgency. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it was more, you know, like okay, things need to get going. It's not stand around and chit chat about how we're going to get it done. You got to get it done and have a plan before you get there too. Definitely. Okay. This is how it's going to go because we know we're going to sell a hundred of these chicken sandwiches. So how are we going to make it go Mm. as fast as possible and still maintain a certain level of 
consistency and quality. And so does that now follow through to your current restaurants, the way you I think train so. your staff? And, I think so, yeah. Because you, know, you get pretty slammed in all three all of your restaurants. Them, and we're pretty, you know, it's, you know, the pre-planning is the big key. So as long as you're ready to do that, yeah, you're always going to get thrown a curveball here and there. But for the most part, you can keep rolling along. Right, right. All right, man. Well, so you've had all these adventures and successes. And then what brought you to this point now, you know, with Azuro Pizzeria? I mean, that was your first Napa that, restaurant, that, yeah. right? That was the first one, 2001, okay. September 2001. So how'd you get back up here? Uh, I was back with, I came after that kind of foray in the city, came back to Trevenia. And that was when Real Restaurants, which owned Trevenia at the time, mm-hmm. was kind of spreading their wings. And they were opened a couple of restaurants in Aspen, Colorado. Oh. And they wanted to try to... Uh, expand Fog City Diner, actually. So they opened some Fog City Diners in other cities around the country. And so I ended up moving out of Trevenia because we had kind of people stacked up behind me that had the qualifications to run the kitchen and didn't really want them to go anywhere else. So I kind of moved into this corporate role. And so I was the guy that would go open all the restaurants in other cities. So they had one in Dallas and they had one in Vegas and oh. one in Chicago and one in Phoenix. And after a few years of doing that, it kind of came to realization that Fog City was not really a restaurant that worked anywhere mm. other than the Fog City right. of San Francisco. And so they started kind of shutting them down. So my role kind of d- diminished. So I figured it was time for me to get out. And, and you knew how to open restaurants. And I knew how to open restaurants. Yeah. And so I kind of stumbled across where Grace's table is now, which right. is the original Azuro location. And we, you know, shoestringed it together and my wife and I are, you know, looking back on that fourteen years ago. We've done good. I mean it seemed to be a hit right off the bat. Yeah, it was a struggle. The first year was a you know, was a struggle for everybody because of the Well the timing. The timing. Yeah. And uh, after that it kind of steadily picked up some momentum and we kind of outgrew the space and that's mm-hmm. why we moved it to where it is now on main street yeah. uh and you know there was wasn't really any interest from the landlord side to spruce up the facility so we decided to go to a new building and get kind of what we wanted it to be because we didn't have room to do what we wanted it to be and so now it's it's your vision it, yeah it's where it's it happening. needs to be yeah it has Good. kind of all of the items that we wanted to be able to offer and right. you know we still wanted it to be a pizzeria but you know it has some of the things on the on the fringe of the menu that work yeah so. it's it's good stuff so let's talk more about that the other restaurants more about our guest michael getvan when we come back we'll be back with more of judd's napa valley show right after these messages la, 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 la. Here's a look at your Napa Valley News, courtesy of the Napa Valley Register. There is no Napa Valley News. I'm Lauren Mole, filling in for Sharpie. Now back to Judd's Napa Valley Show. <laughs> Very good, Lauren. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, we were just we're laughing. We, we took a break for the news, hit the button, and uh, the news music was there. But there was about 45 seconds without the news coming. So Lauren turned it into his private dance party. You should have seen him. I wish, you've always talked, Lauren, about having a webcam in the studio. This would have been the perfect time. That done, da done. Lauren was up and shaking his booty. It was something to see. A, a booty shake to behold, courtesy of Mr. Lauren Mole. Hey, that was, that was, That's that good. was good poetry, wasn't it? Our guest today, Mr. Michael Getvan, the proprietor of Norman Rose Tavern. Atlas Social, Azuro Pizzeria e Inoteca. Anything else that we don't even know about? I mean, they're just popping up. Maybe I've no, forgotten that's it. some. That's, that's good. it so that's far? That's good for now. Okay, that's, <laughs> that's an empire, sir. And they seem to be doing well, and you seem to be thriving. And, and, you know, I'm curious. You have these three restaurants, downtown Napa, all within easy walking distance of one another, all very different. Like, how do you conceptualize each one of these? I mean, they're very specific. Well, at least the Norman Rose and the Pizzeria are very specific in what they do and what you can get there. Whereas um, Atlas Social, and there, I like this quote from you in the San Francisco Chronicle, uh, when asked, you know, what, what is the cuisine? And you mentioned, you know, seasonality and these flavors, these flavors, but what it comes down to is, and this is your quote, whatever we feel like. That's true. Okay, it, it's, next it's question. It's kind of no, you know, no rules. Yeah. You know, we, our interpretation of a bon mi. Mm-hmm. And so it was just things that, 
you know, we liked to eat and that we wanted to, to have fun with, basically have fun with it. The other two definitely have specific, and when we opened them, they were what we felt ne- downtown Napa needed. You know, there was, mm-hmm. you know, while everyone was driving to St. Helena to eat, there was no pizzeria in downtown Napa in 2001. We kind of took a chance and it yeah. worked out. And so now, yeah, there's a few others, but it's it's good. And Norman Rose is, you know, kind of the local cheers hangout and yeah. people love it. And, and we see a lot of wine folk in there because they want to drink beer. It's it's kind of a beer place. Well, that uh, you know, it's very specific in <laughs> yeah. what you do, and it's yeah. burgers and beer. Of course, you can get wine, and right. actually, thank you. I think our wine is on yes, the list right is. now, so I appreciate that. But but I was there the other night. I didn't order my wine or right. anyone else's wine. I got yeah, a, it's pretty. I got a draft. All the all yeah. the wine all the wine guys are in there drinking beer, which is great. I mean, we love it to be able to have that community, you know, coming in for things that we're offering them. <laughs> so you know, and then Atlas Social was more of that kind of whatever no rules kind of restaurant where it's stand up sit down whatever you feel like have a snack or not or not yeah exactly they all have really solid names too like how how much i was about to say how much effort obviously a lot of effort okay so let me rephrase it what what's the process in coming up with a name because each one of those very solid names i think bring up the conjure images um, so what is it when you're thinking it, of a name? It's sitting around the dinner table drinking wine with the people <laughs> that are involved and family and friends, and we're writing stuff down. And oh, Well, let's know. go through it then. Let's go through it. Azuro. <laughs> Azuro uh, is blue of the sky in Italian. Mm-hmm. Originally, we wanted to do a different concept, and blue was in the name. And so we just decided to use blue because that was the one we would first thought of. So... It was, okay, what's blue in Italian? Azuro, how do we make that work? And at first it was pizza Azuro, and we got a little flack from our Italian friends that that wasn't really grammatically correct. And so when we moved it, we wanted to make sure that there was some differentiation between the two locations. And so that's why we added the, we went to the correct grammar of Azuro Pizzeria. Yeah, so pardon me, because at the beginning, at the top of the hour, I I called it pizza Azuro, like, "Ah, I know that's not it. Everybody still calls it that, which is fine. But it was just, that was in blue, kind of all of our companies are, have blue in their names. And so, you know, it's two blue, three blue, all blue are the names of our companies. Oh, I I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, you know, so of our, our, uh, DBAs are the restaurants of the, gotcha. you know, the names. And it's nice. And you work uh, the color blue into the decor, the tile yeah, around the... Especially in a zero because, nice. that, you know... Uh, right, Norman Rose. Norman Rose is uh, family names that actually happen to be our two of our children's middle names. Oh, great. And so it kind of... And so all of those pictures are our family's they photos. Are, oh, you read my mind. Yes. Yeah, you f- I feel like I'm walking into someone's yes. den with their family pictures so, and those... Those are your family photos. Yes, wow. between uh, my wife and I, Christina, those are family photos. And so we pulled those all out, you know, on kind of cue from the designers that that would be, you know, fitting to the space. Yeah, there's a, f- a, f- a few in there that are pretty interesting. You know, like my dad when he was my age or oh, yeah. actually younger, you know, okay. young, young. And we look very similar. So it was, mm. Oh, is that you? And no, that's my dad. You know, wow. So. Uh, it's pretty cool. That is very, very yeah. cool. I've um, last week I had a winemaker Ray Corson from Elise in here, and uh, I kind of grew up with him. He worked at Whitehall Lane Winery. Sure. My family had that, um, you know, shortly after it was built and opened. And so I was looking through some photos, and I found you know Ray with my dad in the tasting room of Whitehall Lane, and I did a little math, and I realized like right now I'm older than my dad would have been in that photo, and it just blew my mind. Right. I just had this very strange existential moment yeah. where, you know, here's this man who had, I'm not to say I'm unaccomplished, but he had accomplished all this and was this guy that I always imagined. Now I would be his senior right. in this photo. It's just <laughs> a very strange feeling. Okay. Well, there's so, a funny story about Norman Rose. Uh, and I, it wasn't recent. It was right after we opened, which is we're almost going on just past five years, there was a guy, he came in and said, you know, my name is Norman Rose. Wow. And I'm like, no. And he goes, yeah, here's my driver's license. I was born and raised in Napa. 
Wow. And he lives in Southern California now. And it was just like, you know, this funny story that this guy, and, and that was not any, you know, in any intention of, of ours at no. all is to, you know, steal anybody's name, but it was yeah, just kind any of Any similarity to any person's right, living or, you know, yeah. But it was pretty funny. And we get that a lot too. Like, oh, you know, my son-in-law's name is Norman and my daughter's name is Rose and we need, you know, a t-shirt and, you know, we live in Louisiana and... They so must love to come in. They, they, yeah, they, it was just memorabilia for some certain people. So yeah. it's pretty, it's pretty fun. I've met more Judds <laughs> having a tasting room from right. Judds Hill. You know, the first name and last name, they want to come in. Atlas Social, I mean, that is a grand name. And that just, to me, conjures this image of Atlas, you know, this giant, strong person, yet social, yeah. like hanging out. We, yeah, What's we the story kind there? of brought that, we, you know, we felt we wanted it to, you know, indicate the globalness of what we're doing mm-hmm. and also have some uh, familiarity with Napa and Atlas Peak and Atlas being the globe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have that worldly thing, but also it's anchored in Napa. Sure. And then the social is the party or the gathering that we wanted people to feel like it was that was what we wanted it to be. So, well, I asked um, the gang over there when we were tasting wine uh, to put together for this dinner we're doing with you, June third. Folks can call. We'll give that number in a minute. Uh, I said, how should I talk about the cuisine because we're doing uh, dishes that are not on the regular menu, right? And maybe some people are going to drive from the greater Bay Area, you know, of our wine club members, whatnot. They might not be familiar. How do I describe it? And I was told globally influenced, locally sourced. So you said, you know, global, it all comes together, right. influence from wherever. Another quote of yours from the San Francisco Chronicle, where you talk about the menu being a seasonal rotation with a comfort factor. And then your, your quote is, the food will come to the table as it's ready in Spanish, French, Italian, and Asian flavors. Not necessarily authentic, but with a Napa flavor, which I thought was really interesting. Like you're, you're drawing from all these influences, yeah. but bringing it to Napa, making it Napa cuisine. So I'm curious, you know, since you're a major figure in the Napa food scene, what, what is Napa flavor? Like, what does that mean to you? How do you present something with a Napa well, flavor? Well, I think, you know, all of us are, you know, we use the, you know, the seasons a lot and the, lo- the well, the localness is kind of a... A, a, you know, a, a term that the, all restaurant people float out there, but you know, things that we find to be the best that's in season that is as locally sourced as possible. I mean, obviously, yeah. lobster is not from the West Coast, so if you wanted to do a lobster, would obviously come from Maine. But you know, the you know things that are like now we have peas and fava beans, and yeah. you know corn is coming in, and the you know so that's what we're infusing into the menu. But we're using you know inspiration from all of the other countries, you know. So it might be Italy, it might be France, it might be Spain, it might be a- Asia uh, or America. You know, lamb chops with mint jelly. Mm. You know, that's one of the dishes on our menu, and and but we've kind of twisted and turned it and added different level layers of mint jelly to it oh. so um so there's your background in americana right you know you know it wasn't like i said it's not there's not many rules to it we can kind of do as we please you know like the banh mi it's not a traditional banh mi we've we've done it with a pate and salami oh, okay but then we make the slaw that is a little has the asian uh, influence yeah. so it's kind of this blend of everything into our version of it and you've got some great chefs working in your kitchen i mean i just met with uh, chef nick Ritchie, you know putting together this atlas social dinner i mean he, he obviously is a great chef has wonderful ideas his own creativity so how much influence do you wield over your kitchens or do you kind of let your chefs i let them come up with most of the ideas and mm-hmm. then i'll throw in my two cents worth you know i want them to feel like they're in charge yeah. And, you know, they have, you know, they have the ability to do, uh, you know, at a zero, you know, it's pretty Italian. I want it mm-hmm. to be a little bit, you know, not California pizza kitchen like Italian, but a little bit more Italian. And so we've just had a little change over there and the new chef there is doing great. You know, he's bringing in doing some handmade pastas and, yeah, yeah. and gnocchis and things like that, which I think people like, you know, they like because they've been coming there for the same thing for so long. That we're you know bringing in a a, a few new new ideas, That's and fun. then at Norman Rose, it's you know 
Douglas has been there since day one. Yeah. You know, we've known each other. He's pretty, you know, Americana. He likes the meatloaf and mashed potato kind of thing and the roast chicken. And, oh, yeah, it comes through. Uh, yeah. And so... And, and how many like, different types of French fries do right, you guys we have? have? Love it. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, that was kind of something that we conceptualized at the very beginning. Okay. But then I give them, you know, like, a, you know, if you want to do a sandwich for lunch, that's fine. I'm, you know, I'm not going to... I might say, you know, maybe that's a little too sweet or maybe that's a little too acidic or something like that. But for the most part, they, they're, they're able to do what they'd like. So how does that work? So if if uh, one of these chefs has an idea, do they talk to you about it first or are they preparing it and let you taste it? Generally, they prepare it and, and then, you know, if, if I'm eating, I'll taste it and say, maybe next time do it this. Mm-hmm. Or, or I say, that was great. Leave Put it, it on. Yeah. You know, and at Norman Rose, we have quite a few additional things that go on the menu every day on our little chalkboard that's become this Facebook fantasy of a lot of people that they can't wait to see it get posted every day, that they, oh, when they oh, write I the see. specials <laughs> up, you know, like, oh, okay, what's what's on the specials, you know? Uh, and, I, can, I can imagine locals liking specials because obviously they like what you do. They want to come in, but right. maybe they have had the hamburger right. every time. Not that they don't like it, but it's it's time for something new. So yep. I could see them checking your Facebook yep. page every and it, day. And so they yeah. are always anxiously waiting to see what is getting posted. And so that's what the kind of the avenue for all of these little special items that they put up. You know, because the main menu is seasonal and we change it three or four times a year. And it's not that much. I mean, you got to have the burger and you got to have the fried chicken sandwich and you got to right. have that, you know, so it's only a few things that we change on the printed menu, but then it's the board that gets the uh, the big change up every day. Should we talk about this Atlas Social? Sure. I'm, I can't tell you how excited I am. Apparently it's the first like wine dinner you've done over there. It is our I'm, first. And, you know, we, I'm honored. We, we, yeah. Well, thank you for participating. <laughs> we pleasant. wanted it to be a little bit more intimate. I'm, I have never done one. I've never been to one. So this is going to be our version of it. Oh, really? Yeah. Any? Yeah. I've never kind of been out of my wow, I'm scope. Super honored yeah. that you guys, uh, you know, it's only us. 24 seats. Right. So, you know, it'll be nice that you'll be able to kind of interact with everybody and we're going to interact with, the guests as well and we're going to come out and talk about food and and you know what inspired us to make that and and so on so it will be pretty exciting it, it really will be and because the uh, space is limited certainly encourage people to call i'll give the number now and then i'll give it again in a minute but it's 707-258-2583 this is for wednesday june 3rd mm-hmm. the judd's hill wine dinner a 6 p.m reception mm-hmm. so you get a little wine a little nibble of something and then 6 30 p.m we'll sit down for dinner 65 bucks a person. Mm-hmm. That's for five courses, five wines. And what a variety. Maybe I shouldn't give all the details, or should I give just a general? Do you want to talk about? Sure. I mean, we're, we, you know, we, we chose it. These are all going to be much smaller portions than you would normally get at a, you know, a meal. But you're and not going to leave hungry. No, you're not going to leave hungry. And if you want more, we'll happy to provide you more. And so we tasted through all the wines and came up with some things that are very unique to this dinner. Right, this uh, is not off the regular menu. No, this is something specific for this. So, you know, we're going to start off with a little bit of a crudo, uh, which we do on the menu now, but it's going to be a different version of. And then so a, that's fish. Yeah, yeah, raw fish. Yeah. So, uh, and then uh, a dish that we're probably going to put on the menu for the summer, uh, a salmon dish. So, uh, king salmon with cherries. That's oh, all I'm going to yeah. say. With the Pinot Noir, right? With the Pinot Noir. Yeah. Yep. You know, one of my dad's favorite pairings, especially he'd love to educate folks who thought, you know, white wine with fish. He's right. Like, no, no. I mean, grill up or smoke a nice hot smoke of salmon mm-hmm. or grill it up. Well, there's a little smoke going to be in here. Yeah. And open we're, up a Pinot Noir. Right. Great. And then we're going to do a uh, a duck breast salad with the Charbono. And I'm not Ooh. real sure what Nick's uh, thinking here, but I'm sure it will be <laughs> fabulous. Of course it's he, be fabulous. Because he is quite the cook uh and then we're going to finish with you know a traditional uh meat and cabernet mm-hmm. um, so we've got surf and turf surf and, and turf fowl yes and then a little uh late harvest roussan a little tardy harvest yeah is, it's yeah. our it's our with a stone fruit um tart with pistachios perfect yeah oh that's gonna be great yep i can't wait good yeah i can't wait either well, see you there. <laughs> I'm off. I'm going to go wait in line right yeah. now. Me too. Uh, great, Lauren. Come I hope on, to Lauren. see you there too. Pre-birthday dinner for your mom. There you go. Right. 10 days out. Okay, so again, that is the Judd's Hill 
wine dinner at Atlas Social, which is, if you've been there, you know how cool it is. If you haven't, you got to check it out. If you don't come to this, but I think you should, you just got to get down to Atlas Social and see what they're doing. But if you want to come to this, it's Wednesday, June 3rd, 6 p.m. reception, 6.30 dinner. So early, you know, you get off work, come on over, have a glass of wine, have a nice meal. Still get you into bed in time to get enough sleep for getting up the next day for school or whatever it is you do. Uh, and it's only 65 bucks, which in Napa Valley for a five-course, five-wine dinner, I think is an insane value. <laughs> so we're making this very accessible. We want folks to come in, and especially locals. Because I've noticed, I've done a few wine dinners in Napa. It's sometimes tough to get locals out. They're mm-hmm. kind of jaded. You know, oh, Judd's going to be at Atlas Social. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll probably just see him tomorrow at the grocery store. So I'll say <laughs> hi to him then, you right. know. But right. if you give him this kind of deal, maybe right. they'll come in. That'd be great. The number to call at Atlas Social, 707 258 2583. Get your reservation. There's only 24 seats available. So we're taking over just a, a portion Correct. of the restaurant. Well, and if we get a big response, we have some options to spread it out a little okay. bit too. So it may be more, but we'll hopefully uh, know that soon. Great. Yeah. I, I, I know it's going to be a great success. And I love I love schmoozing too, so I can't mm-hmm. wait to meet everybody and, and hang out. <laughs> what do you do for fun? I mean, it sounds like you're a super busy guy, but what do you do around here in Napa? Well, that's... I'm a big cyclist so i like to go out and ride my bike mm-hmm. around skyline park on the roads go to santa rosa uh, my son who is a junior in high school is a, also quite into bicycling so it's kind of nice to be able to say hey do you want to go for a bike ride and, oh that's great you know it kind of runs in our family you know my wife rides too so we you know have the sunday ride that we go and and you know it might even be as simple as going to yontville to go have you know, Bouchon, something to eat, snack, right? But it's actually uh, it's kind of nice to get out and and I you know and I like to just sometimes go by myself and you just clear your head. Uh, music, oh. I'm like music. So you play I'm, music? I no, just music. like enjoy. You know, going to like this weekend we have the big Bottle Rock Festival, so yeah, that will you're be involved in that. Well, we're gonna do some food. Uh, Atlas Social is actually going to do some food at the Platinum VIP Lounge. Well, well, well. Which is kind of sounds like a very cool concept, so we'll see how it comes across after it's all said and done. I guess with that ticket, you get food and beverage included. And so in the Platinum Lounge, they're going to have three different restaurants per day providing food. Wow. So there's lunch, happy hour, and dinner. So... We'll see how that goes. Sounds fun. And it's not, you know, too many. It's I believe it's 350 people. That's all the amount of tickets that they have for that. Oh, for the Platinum? For the Platinum, because I guess they have kind of backstage, side stage access, and they don't want to have too many people. Right. I'm not. We'll see. It, it's just a new version of Bottle Rock for us. The first year we we uh, sold pizzas from Azuro, and it was a oh. lot of work. It was fun. But it was a lot of work. You have a little portable. We have a portable oven, yeah, yeah that we kind of take out on on the road show. We call so you it. can cater. Yes, do events. That's right. fun. I've got to. I've got to ask you. You know, you've really. I'm going to say it again. Built up this little empire here in downtown Napa. You're a very well respected chef, restaurateur, known throughout. I know there's a, quite a few articles have been written about you when I was doing some research, but I don't know that anybody has ever asked you this. So I hope you'll be honest and. Stay with me here, but do you go nuts for donuts? Yes. Well, he's bringing a pink box to you right now, Michael. <laughs> wow. Okay, let's see if we can get this open. Oh, man, they put some tape on here. Kind of hard to open, isn't it? There we go. Voila. Oh. There you go. Have a look there. Oh, my. We've got a selection of donuts for you. What my I would like you to do. Old-fashioned. Grab it, whichever one you want. Thank you. Lauren, what do you think? What? The maple old-fashioned. I'd say 90-something percent of our guests go for the maple <laughs> old-fashioned. I don't know what it is about Napa Valley, but we're sitting here. With Michael Getvan, proprietor of Atlas Social, Azuro Pizzeria, Enoteca, Norman Rose Tavern. You have a maple old-fashioned donut. What is the accompaniment from any or all of your restaurants? What is that going on the side of what dish that you're serving right now at which one of your restaurants? It's going on the side of the panna cotta at Atlas Social. Delicious. All right. Munch on that because now it's time to play everyone's favorite party game here at Judd's Napa Valley Show. This! is Mad Libs. That's right. It's a Mad Libs-style fill-in-the-blank word game. And, Michael, you've got kids. You probably know how Mad Libs is played. I'm going to ask you uh, to fill in some blanks, and we're going to have a little fun. Are you ready? Ready. Okay. The first thing I need is uh, a year. Any any year. Think of a year in history. 1962. 1962. 
Are we going to ask about significance of that? Or are we letting that slide? My what? birth year. That's oh, fine. Okay. Sure. Okay. So the, the year of your birth. Happy, yep. uh, happy birthday, 1962 yes. people. A person in room. Judd Finkelstein. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> How about another person in the room? Lauren Mall. Lauren Mall. Hey, now. How about that? That wasn't loaded at all. No. Oh, here's an interesting one. Doesn't get asked often. A state of being. A state of being. Euphoria. Nice. I like that one. How about another state of being? What being dazed? Being dazed. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're not feeling that way right now. Okay. Being dazed. A plural noun? Beers. One of my favorite plural nouns. And another plural noun? Balloons. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny, but it's just a funny word, balloons. I don't know why. And that's it. So here we go. <clears throat> Michael Getvan, earlier today, I was online looking up some information about you and found a bit of a, a, a bio of you, which you have now just rewritten this snippet wow. of your bio via this Mad Libs game. Are you ready? Sure. Here we go. <clears throat> this is your life, Michael Getvan. A graduate of the Culinary Institute of America in Hyde Park, New York in 1962. Well done. You're a precocious little infant. <laughs> yes. uh, chef Getvan developed his keen culinary skills under the tutelage of acclaimed chefs Judd Finkelstein and Lauren Mole. <laughs> well done. Thank you, gentlemen. You're welcome. You're welcome. We made you what you are today. Yes. Uh, having led the kitchens at Trevigne, One Market, and the Lark Creek Inn. Oh, that's what you did. Okay. His time and experience within those kitchens has fueled his philosophy of euphoria and being dazed in every meal he prepares. <laughs> perfect. What a that juxtaposition. Is, that's like perfect. Like you, you, euphoric and <laughs> comatose in the yes. same meal. Now that both of... Oh, this is a little older. Uh, bio. It says both of Michael's restaurants. So yeah. we're going to say all three of Michael's restaurants, Azuro Pizzeria Inoteca, Norman Rose Tavern, and Atlas Social, have achieved such tremendous accolades and success... Michael is considered one of wine country's top performing beers and balloons. <laughs> Welcome That's to balloon stardom. Yes. Michael Getman. Beers on balloons. It was great having you here. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. This is Lauren Mole speaking for Judd's Napa Valley Show, a Gil Amar production. Judd's Napa Valley Show.